Hello and welcome everybody to another episode of the world's greatest podcast. That's the way the cookie crumbles. Yeah, baby. Transfer deadline. Indeed it is, Stan. Transfer deadline day. Me, Stan and Jim accompanying you with Jim White. He's running a bit late, so he did say he was stuck in traffic on the M6. Uh, big Stan, big Stan's got his yellow top on tonight as well. Yeah, I've got my yellow on. So yeah. Yeah. Me and Jim, we fucked up there, Jim. Yeah, he didn't get a memo. Some, somebody had to. No, fair play. That's why you are the leader of this podcast and anything bad on it, anyone should take it over you. That's fair enough. 100%. I think we need to... I think there's only one place we can start and I think that's with the biggest uh, biggest transfer uh, in terms of uh, value anyway that we're going to see definitely. I mean, fair play if it gets broken or beaten, but it's Enzo Fernandez to Chelsea, one that's been rumbling on pretty much since the 1st of January. It's been on and off and now it's back on again or, or is it off and have they got enough time? And do you want to talk us through it, Cook? Do you want to talk us through it quickly? A little uh, brief from the start of January to where we are now and what's happened today. Yeah, well, to, to summarise it, if if people can't be asked listening to the, the long-winded answer, it's very much like Ross and Rachel on Friends, if you've ever watched that, on very much on and off again. Uh, Chelsea and Benfica with a little bit of spite in between and were they on a break? Who knows? So they look but perhaps, but perhaps always meant to be. Yeah, perhaps, Stan. Perhaps we'll see. But but long long winded answer is we we flirted with the idea after the World Cup at the start of January, and they basically said release clause or nothing, which is what they've said. I think since the World Cup, they might have been saying it prior to that, and then we went away because we thought it was a lot of money at the time, and then we assessed the options. Bifakai said, "Oh." He proved even harder to get by the looks of it because Brighton are challenging for Europe, something they've never done. And obviously they want to keep the best players till the end of the season so they can reinvest. So I don't blame Brighton there, but I think Benfica have always been renowned as a selling club. And uh, it's been a bit, it's, they've been intense, these negotiations are still not over. And the the final outcome of it is after negotiating all through the night and getting nowhere, it, it got revived literally about two days ago. They've been negotiating for about 20 hours straight and the the new footballing people in at Chelsea have been doing all the negotiating. Todd Bowley's gone out this afternoon with his number two, Bad Egg Barley, and they've, that's there's a jet waiting in Lisbon basically waiting to bring Enzo back. And the outcome of it is, is we are going to pay slightly above the release clause to pay them in instalments and give them a big chunk up front. So I think it's going to be about 80 million up front and then the rest in two instalments when Chelsea had previously offered it in five instalments. But it's going to be another eight-year deal, boys, if it goes through. So we'll see. Okay, here's one for you. Um, oh, I just, I've seen uh, that Julian Lorenz pointed out that um, for the last 16 in the Champions League, clubs can only um, add in three new players from the last squad that they put in. So Chelsea would have to leave out if Enzo does sign. They'd have to leave out four out of Felix, Mudrik, Enzo, Maduake, Badi Ishile, Fafana and Santos. Now presuming that Fafana, Santos and Maduake are like struck off there, who out of Badi Ishile, Felix, Mudrik and Enzo does Potter leave out that squad? Because that's a bit of a dilemma straight away. Well, I, d- I don't know. Does that include Jorginho leaving? Yeah, he's three new players from oh, right, the okay. 25, so... Right, I was going to yeah, say. Yeah, I mean, one of them four would have to miss out if that's what Lorenz is saying is right. Yeah, I was going. To, I was going to say because Ziyech look, it's looking like he's going to Paris, and Jorginho's obviously signed for Arsenal. We'll speak on that later. 
But um, no, I didn't know that. But off the top of my head, I would include Mudrick, Enzo, and Badi Ashile. I wouldn't include Felix for that one, just because he's on loan. And I think, I know it's a bit, a bit cutthroat, but it's we, we owe him less, if that makes sense, because he is on loan. But I think Felix will have more opportunities to prove himself other than the Champions League, where we're playing Dortmund next. And we might, we might only realistically be in it for two games and then he can play the rest of the league. So uh, they're, they're what I'd go for. Enzo, Mudrick and uh, Benoit, Badi, Ashile, I would go for. But Stan, what would you want to say before that? No, I mean, um, I mean I'm mean, i assuming, I might be wrong here, one of you two can correct me if I am, but I'm assuming that in overall, I know you said 80 million up front, but in overall transfer fee, I'm guessing this is the most expensive January signing. Uh, I think, was it Van Dyke was 75 before that? And I think, that was it, wasn't it? I might be wrong. I don't know. Um, oh, but yeah, right. it's huge. It's huge. So, I mean, six, well, what would it be? Seven months ago now, they bought Enzo from River Plate for about 10 million. So, they'll be earning, you know, over 100, 100 and odd million uh, on him. So, I suppose it's win-win. Chelsea obviously wanted this guy. I think Enzo... You know, I mean, like Amrabat's story, you don't know what's going to happen next. So if if, if Chelsea are Premier League clubs after you, you've got young player of the, of the tournament at the World Cup, you just won it. Uh, didn't start in the team, but ended up coming into it and, you know, proved as to why a lot of Argentinian fans before it were putting them in the starting eleven. But yeah, I think it's win-win for all involved. I think Benfica will be buzzing with that amount of money. It's something that will sort them out. And we know they'll probably hop back across to South America and, and in two years, uh, another Premier League club will be trying to get another player off them for 100 million like they've done for the last, you know, going all the way back to buddy Di Maria and David Luiz at uh, Madrid and Chelsea bought and, and before that too. So they'll be fine. Uh, Chelsea have got the man Enzo's probably happy with his, 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 uh, his decision to leave. Um, and yeah, we'll, we'll see how we do. But yeah, uh, it's uh, it puts some summer transfer sagas to to shame this one, and that's probably three times as long. So the fact that the amount of chopping and changing that's happened with Costa, you know, blocking the board from selling him and it being off, and then it's back on, and they're paying more than the release clause, and him kissing the badge when he back when he played again after the initial little saga, and rumours of him being given a two million loyalty bonus for staying till the summer. Now Chelsea might have to pay that back to Benfica. So it's it honestly it puts some summer transfers to shame. The fact that it's been a month is uh is is pretty mad to be honest. So yeah, I suppose like I say, I suppose the final line is they're all happy. Enzo gets his move, Chelsea get the man and Benfica earn a hundred and odd million, you know, six months later after after signing him. So yeah, fair enough. Yeah, eight signings this this window for us, Stan. Yeah, mad. Uh, I mean, yeah, I saw a tweet before saying pretty much if if your your financial fair play protection is to you know is is allowing the team to buy sixteen players in two windows for over half a billion pounds, it, your financial fair play doesn't work. But I suppose we we knew that anyway. So, and there's shitloads of loopholes that clubs with the lawyers that they're able to bring in um, will be able to find. So, another eight year contract spread over whatever to to balance the books. Um, wow. Yeah, it's crazy. It's it's more. It's 
I suppose it'll only come out in the wash as, as to whether any of this was planned or whether it's just a guy with a, in a in a sweet shop, as, as you know, as the saying goes. So we'll see. Although, like we said last time, Potter, you know, is having a hard time at the moment. But I think if anybody can iron this out and kind of sort out the team that he wants uh, and find an eleven from the players, you know, the amount of players. I mean, they've bought a, a starting eleven and a subs bench. 16 signings so um, I think if anybody can can iron that out it'll uh, it'll be him so interested to see where this one goes whether um, they are all successful if any of them are successful at all or whether half of them are and half of them will be joining the lone army over the next two years with Baba Raman at Reading so I don't know we'll see yeah well a, a lot of people are probably thinking like uh, well not as a Chelsea fan they're probably thinking like oh a new signing a lot of the time and it's like oh shiny new toy kind of thing but every everyone that's come in is is someone that's going to be in the squad and someone that's going to basically kick someone out so uh, for Farner the lad we've got in from Mulder he's, he's a bit of a prospect he's only 19 he's potentially going to go out on on loan for the rest of the season but the idea is for him to be in the squad with, with Brozier not being there he maybe will stay uh, Barry Shule centre back we've needed because Koulibaly has been a bit rocky since he started Andre Santos is 18 years old. He's a bit of a wonder kid. Like um, he's been playing out in Brazil. He's currently with the twenties <laughs> at the World Cup. Uh, Jao Felix on loan. Mudrick, uh, Madweki from PSV. All players that are going to be in the attack straight away because it's it's lacking and it's needed rebooting for years. And it's just happened all at once. Malo Gusto is 19, right back, right wing back, plays for Leon. It's going to play as understudy to James next year. Again, needed with Aspilicueta and then Enzo if it happens. So I, I think, yeah, again, it's easy to say that Chelsea are just spending for the sake of it. But these are players who have been identified by our new recruitment team. And again, people are wondering about FFP. Chelsea are looking at doing the multi-club model, literally copying cities. So Jim Jim knows a lot more the, about the, the, the bastions of FFP. <laughs> yeah, they're, 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 they're the team to follow Lad, they are the goats they, 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 sponsor their own, <laughs> they sponsor their own shirts the stadium's named after their own thing it's it's, it's literally pay. all you got to do is pay your manager in two separate paychecks but don't tell anyone about it, the second yeah. one yeah. 10% as manager of City and 90% as Abu Dhabi consultant that's, that's all you got to do well we went to we went to trial and we won <laughs> well yeah We've only thought. about 40 so, lawyers. So did Mendy. Anyway. Speaking, <laughs> speak, speaking of that, we could do the left back. Cancelo's off. I'd still watch Oh, that. yeah. Nice, great, nice segue. Great segue. That was a great segue. <laughs> Apart from him being a rapist. Uh, well, no, well, he's not. I mean, allegedly. he's been clear. In the eyes of the law. Um, yeah, I guess, I guess we'll weirdly segue into Cancelo leaving. Um, it happened very quickly, I think. I think there's r- rumours that he kicked off um, after not playing, not starting the Arsenal match on Friday night, which was on like four days ago. And then by Sunday, Monday, we were selling him and he's gone today to buy an on loan, um, which is a, a blow for City. It doesn't matter how he has been, been poor this season, but I mean, we're lighter at fullback as it is. We've had the most amount of injuries to defence than any other position in our squad. Um, and Bayern Munich are one of probably our biggest Champions League competitors and they had um, the young lad injured I can't think of his name now what's the, the young lad they signed for my ex 
the fullback he was on Masrawi. Yeah, so he's, he's injured for the rest of the season and Pavard might be going to Barca, so they've just got Cancelo in. So, I mean, he strengthens them and weakens us in the tournament that we want to win this year and that's probably one that City fans have got their eye on, especially how the league's going. Um, but yeah, I don't know what you think about it. To me, it just looks like he's, he's, he's spiced dummy out a bit. Um, an 18-year-old has kicked, kicked him out of the team. I mean, since Pep's took over, there's been a lot of players better than Cancelo who can't get into our starting eleven. But they fight out right. and eventually they make the way. And you look at John Stones. How, how many times have we seen John Stones not in the squad for a few months because he's been injured and he can't get in over Diaz and Laporte, for example. But then he gets his yeah. chance, he impresses and he gets back in. So I think it's poor yeah. attitude myself. Yeah, I mean, obviously Enzo, I've said, was the biggest one in value. I think this is probably the biggest one in terms of where he was even six, seven months ago at the end of last season. And, and obviously how quickly it's happened like you've said and the fact that he's going to buy in Munich as well with an option to buy included in there it's quite a, a big one in terms of shock but I don't think it's good that you could argue that at the end of last season he was the best fullback in the world either left or right and, and you know he could pretty much do everything a midfielder could do but you had him he was almost an extra midfielder but yeah, I don't think it's very good that you've, um, you know, Rico Lewis has come through and done really well. Um, Nathan Ake is a centre-back by trade. He's playing at left-back. Uh, they've even sold Zinchenko, so it's not like he's there. Uh, and the first sign of difficulty, like you say, he's, he's had an argument with Guardiola and fair play to Guardiola. He's, he's said, you know, go. I don't, I don't care that we are weak there, but which I wouldn't expect any less from a guy that's been around the block as long as he has and, you know, sets the example that he does. But um, yeah, not good, not good for Cancelo. And I mean, just from a United perspective, I look at Wan Bissaka, a guy that, you know, no matter your opinion on, is a guy that United, all United fans would have sold for beans in the summer has now, you know, waited. Dallow's got injured and, and he's been really good for the last couple of months. And you mentioning that with Stones, you've got to hold tight, maybe wait for an injury, wait wait for a bad spell of form. You might get a couple of games in the cup and do really well. And you might get your chance. So I just think it's really poor that, um, I mean, he's not even not been playing for long. He did start no. the season. So I, I, it, yeah, I think especially at City as well. I mean, we just mentioned Zinchenko there. That's say you've lost. He's the big one for me. Um, I remember he, he played a bit part role in his like second season at City or his first season at City and Wolves made a £25 million bid and I think every City fan at the, at the at that time thought, oh yeah, he's off then because he's like the 25th man in the squad and Zinchenko literally came out and said, no, I want to stay and fight for my place and this was when we'd like just signed Mendy or just signed Cancelo and he started playing and it's like, fair enough to the lad but I don't see him getting in of the Carabao Cups and you look what happens, Zinchenko was like our main player at left back last season when we won it and Pep does that. I mean, it doesn't matter the names that he's got on the bench. If you're playing better than the guy ahead of you, you'll play. Like Nathan Ake this season is probably our fifth best centre-back by name on paper. But this season, he's played the most out of all of them. One, because of injuries and two, because he's been consistent. And if you're consistent under Pep, he tends to play you. So, yeah, it's, it's a bit of a strange one. I mean, I, I'm not that good that he's gone because of how it's, been, how it's happened, to be fair. No, I don't blame you. It's I, I think I agree. Bad attitude and you, you've got to get rid of them away from the squad, especially when you've all men to be swimming in the right direction, going for a title bid. You can't have a bad egg with Cancelo in there just, well, basically just chirping away and just moaning about not playing. And 
I think it's it's a great deal for Bayern in terms of financially. I think it's quite well, it's, it's it's pretty cheap for someone who Stan literally said last season it was the best fullback in the world, left or right. So do you think you've maybe let him go on, on the cheap, or do you think it had to be done like this? <clears throat> they, they, they probably have let him go on the cheap, probably because of how it's come about and how late in the window it is. I mean, say you're not the type of team who sign players that quickly, so he was never going to get a replacement. Um, so he just leave us short and yeah just like I say you're getting one of the best players in this position in world football on a loan deal which doesn't happen very often um, the other implications are there's been some talk this season about there's about five or six City players and Cancelo was included a few weeks ago in a report that weren't too happy with playing at City anymore and looking to move on we know Bernardo's been looking to move on the past two seasons and weirdly last season Bernardo went and ruined with Cancelo to make himself feel more comfortable. So I wonder where that leaves him. Um, Gundogan's the wrong side of 30. De Bruyne is as well. Um, so yeah, there might be a bit of a revamp with City. And I do worry looking at the prices of players now, thinking, how are you going to rebuild a squad without spending like 500 million? <laughs> and I don't know if we'll do it. Um, but they've got the money there. So I guess we'll see what City do in the summer. Yeah, I think it's 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 big what they do in the summer and especially with, like Pep was saying, players that don't want to be there can leave, but as long as replacements are there. And I think Bernardo probably will go in the summer. I think he's potentially Barcelona bound and I know they've been flirting with him for a long time. Do you reckon he'll end up there in the summer? I don't think he'll be a C. Um Yeah, he might go there. He's always wanted to go back to Portugal, but he said to himself that he doesn't see himself going to Portugal um, without running down his contracts because the clubs won't be able to afford a fee and that's true so whether he runs down his contracts and goes to Portugal or we sell him there for cheap at the end of his contract I think if he goes Barca this summer I don't see his Portugal move happening um, unless he wants to go when he's way past his prime and he's come out and said he doesn't want to play for Portugal well, doesn't want to go back and play in Portugal when he's 33, 34 he wants to play when he's feeling himself and feeling in touch like top form and stuff. So, yeah, I guess, I guess we'll see what happens there. Right, listeners, that sound can only mean one thing. It is, of course, bet of the week. And we're going to start off in the Midlands, Aston Villa versus Leicester City. We're going to go both teams to score, no draw in that one. Then we're going to head down to the Amex, Brighton versus Bournemouth. We're going to go Brighton to beat Bournemouth in that one. Then we're going to head down to Old Trafford, Manchester United versus Crystal Palace. We're going to go Manchester United to win this one to nil. And then Wolves versus Liverpool at three o'clock. We're going to go Wolves double chance. So just to recap the bet of the week, got Aston Villa versus Leicester, both teams to score, no draw. Brighton versus Bournemouth, by Brighton win. Man United versus Crystal Palace, Man United to win to nil. And Wolves versus Liverpool at Molyneux, Wolves double chance in that one. And Jim, what can the listeners do with that information? They can shove it up the rackers. So, Cook, we've spoken about one Chelsea midfielder, and now we're going to speak about another ex-Chelsea midfielder now in Jorginho. Uh, he was now left Chelsea to join Arsenal. Uh, he joins a load of players to have played for both clubs. Um, so, he's the latest one, Cook. How do you feel about this one? It hurts. No, not because I, I think we, we've not had the best of Jorginho, but just because I, I like the guy and he's given a lot to the club and he's won a lot at Chelsea. And 
it's it's the fact that he's going there. If he was going like to Napoli or something, I, I can be okay with it. But I can't financially be upset with it because we were going to let him go in six months anyway. So to get twelve million guaranteed for a player who's going to get nothing for in six months is is good business. And if Arsenal win a cup, so the Europa League or the Premier League, realistically for them then that rises to 20, 25 million, depending on what they win. So I think if that does happen, which it, it might, it they can realistically get a very decent fee for someone who was going to go for free. I think for Arsenal, it makes a lot of sense. 18-month deal with the option of another year. I, again, for someone at 31, his style of play, I think that does make a lot of sense in, in terms of if they do want to move him on and resell value at that age. So a lot of people talk about what, he, he can't do Jorginho but what he can do is set a lot of tempo in a match and he can really keep hold of the ball and Arteta is from that Guardiola school of thought where the the art of defending is making sure the opponent doesn't have the ball and he's a player that will definitely aid Arsenal in that but Jim you, you've obviously seen Pep do what he does Arteta is Pep Junior so to speak do you think Jorginho can add a lot of depth to that squad with obviously the replacement for Shakira Part A is Lukonga. Yeah, I, I think it's a brilliant move. I've, I think he might be one of the better signings I've seen this summer for, for the money. that Obviously, Chelsea getting a good deal. I agree with that as well for the contract situation. But yeah, I mean, only what, 18 months ago, he was a Ballon d'Or nomination. Um, like you say, Lukonga just hasn't worked out at Arsenal. Uh, he came on the other night against City and you could tell he's made his miles off it. I think he stormed down the touchline as well at the end. Every single Arsenal fan went and clapped the fans and he just went off. You can see, you can tell that hasn't worked out. And when you look at the Arsenal side, you look at the depth they have. Um, a few people have mentioned it the past few weeks with Arsenal being where they are, that if an injury was to happen to like Thomas Partey, for example, that would massively screw them because the, the, the gap between him and the Conger is pretty big. Um, but yeah, Jorginho comes in there and he'll provide good depth. I don't, I don't see him starting in the best 11 in the Premier League, but certainly when they're rotating Europa League, Premier League, Thursday night, Sunday night, he will come in massive for them. So yeah, I think it's a great signing. Yeah, Stan, what do you think about it? Because yeah. I, th- I think for certain games, it, it would be very appropriate to play him, let's say over a Shaka when you don't need two destroyers in terms of him and part A and you can, you can maybe go a bit more attacking with Odegaard and play with a Regista. But I agree with Jim. I think, I think it's a good signing. Yeah, um, probably good for all, to be honest. I mean, it's a profile that the Arsenal midfield doesn't have, I suppose, in terms of the deeper players. Like you say, he's, he's completely different to Shaka and Party. although I suppose the flip side of that is if one of them goes out, they're going to have to change the style slightly because he's not replacing either of those directly for what they bring, which has been really successful for them so far this season. Um, but yeah, I suppose the fee is, is, is low risk. You know exactly what you're going to get. You know what he's good at and you know what he's, he's bad at. So um, yeah, like you say, maybe in those bigger games, you could go with him, with Party and Shaka and, and bulk out that midfield. So it's another option for him. Um, another option, like Jim said, where the Europa League is going to start, you could play him in that as well. And even if it's just to rest Shaka or Party, which which sounds mad considering, like Jim said, 18 months ago, this was a Ballon d'Or nominee. But um, like Thomas Party and Shaka have done so well that that is what his role is going to be. Um, so yeah, I think I think it's fine all round. 
decent signing um, and yet relatively low risk, but a guy that they know is going to come in and make a difference straight straight away should they decide to play him. You know, he's used to the league and playing, like you say, for a coach that wants to play in a certain way. And I'm sure that it's something that Mr. Jorginho will be happy with. It's, it's a winner as well. And when you look at the Arsenal team, other than Zinchenko and Jesus, they've only just signed. Have any of them won anything? Don't know top of my head if I can think of anyone who's won anything mm-hmm. outside. Maybe Odegaard when he's very young. Um, but yeah, he's pretty much won anything, Jorginho. Mm-hmm. And I think he'll play plenty in the league from the bench, to be fair. When you think of situations like, I don't know, Shakra and Partey tend to get themselves very combined players on this, so could get themselves into the yellow card trouble. Or Arsenal could be trying to see out a game. He's very tactical in a Jorginho. I can imagine he can waste time. He can keep the ball for Arsenal. So yeah, I think he'll play plenty in the league as well. So, Stan, we spoke about someone who is on the move in Jorginho. He's made the trip from South West and North London. Someone who is in London today, but he's not signing for Chelsea or Arsenal, Stan. Caicedo from Brighton. Do you think he's still going to be a Brighton player in the summer, or do you think that they're going to somehow keep hold of him for a European campaign if they get there? I suppose that completely... Depends on the fact whether they get into the European places. So you might be able to persuade you do. Uh, Europa League, uh, if Deserby gets you know a few signings. I mean, they don't even have to be signings that we know because Brighton don't do that. But then, uh, you know, the top Prem clubs kind of go after their players for 60, 70 million. So uh, if they get Europa or something, then uh, maybe uh, he might be able to stay, I think, you know, you would back them probably not to, to be fair, if you were going to bet. If it was 50-50, are they going to get it? Are they not? You'd probably say they'll drop off at some point with, you know, the the big six that's turning into the big seven and, and, and things like that. They'll probably end up finishing in the top seven or eight places. Um, so, you never know. They might sneak into a conference like West Ham have done. But I think even then, you're going to struggle to keep hold of him. But, uh, I mean, Jim's made the point before. I can't remember that it was on, was on here or on a chat, but you look at um, Cucurella and uh, Basuma, uh, you look at these players that Brighton have sold over the years, I can't think of anyone else off the top of my head, Um, but they haven't actually done so well in terms of going into a different environment, uh, different teams, different coaches, different expectations, so um, it hasn't stopped Arsenal or Chelsea being wary of it because they both took 60, 70 million bids at Caicedo and at Brighton and they've held fast, which again, I respect Brighton for doing that. They've, they've lost Trossard as well for him being a naughty boy. He's ended up going to Arsenal. Uh, and like I say, you've got Ben White in there. I've said Cucurella and Basuma. I'm sure McAllister won't be far off at some point, maybe this summer. Um, Matoma too, if he keeps playing as he's doing. So, it's not going to happen. Uh, they've held fast. But in the summer, I think if Arsenal or Chelsea or whoever go back in with another 60, 70 million bid, he's played another six months, maybe come to some sort of verbal agreement, gentleman's agreement, that if this you know number comes in, then you can go. Uh, I think he'll end up going. And, you know, talk, he's, he's a good player. He's a great little player. Um, but there are doubts because of how long he's played in the Premier League and how well players have done when they've left Brighton recently. So 50-50. And Jim, quickly on Brighton, how how important do you think it is that they don't become a 2014 Southampton Pochettino era where they just sell, sell, sell? Because long term, it's it's not a realistic business model. It's not stable. But how long can Brighton keep doing this before it does bite them in the arse? Because like Stan said, they've lost a lot of firepower that 
got them to the dance, so to speak. Um, they can do it for as long as they can keep signing players like Mitoma for three million pound. Um, the the scout and his wife Brian are still relevant, but they're brilliant on this. I think they're one of the best run clubs in the in the in the country. Um, it's all they pull apart on the weekend, and like you say, they've lost all the best players. Like Trossard is gone, moaning, and he's left. He was literally their best player. Um, Cachedo, he wants to leave. F wants to leave. Um, I think the miserable answer for Brighton is the, is that if they keep signing players that are eventually worth 50, 60 million, they are just going to keep getting cherry picked and the players are, they have too much power and the players will just end up leaving. There's not much they can do other than keep replacing them. That is how the Premier League works nowadays. Um, but yeah, it all depends how well they keep on scouting and keep finding these gems. I think the question I ask when I look at this sort of stuff happening is why aren't the top clubs signing Mitoma and signing Cachedo before Brighton get them? Because surely they're a bigger pull and surely they have more money to do that and surely they have a bigger scouting range as well. So maybe that's something that other clubs can start looking at because they're just being stupid at the minute, I think. Um, playing Brian Santa play for five million, I've won I've six good months and then spend fifty million on him. It's it is falling right into Brian's hands, I think. Yeah, definitely. And and Stan, talking about something that fell into someone's hands, Man United, Sarbitzer has ended up going to Old Trafford on loan to the end of the season. Mm-hmm. Quite fortunate really with the diagnosis. With Christian Eriksen out potentially till April, early May, Stan. So rate this signing. Well, I'm just happy we made us. I'm happy I'm rating a signing for United, to be honest. <laughs> on deadline day, I didn't. I woke up this morning thinking we need a midfielder, but we won't get one. I was pretty happy that we actually brought a striker in after Ronaldo went. So um, it's it's seven. I don't think it's more than a seven, really, in terms of where he's been at for the last however however long he's been at Bayern. He's dropped off, but. He was at Leipzig. He was playing in the Champions League, Champions League most weeks, and uh, there's a reason why Bayern brought him in from Leipzig, and it's probably because they cherry picked him off, you know, the best players from clubs around them. So I suppose that in itself is is a compliment. Um, he's been dry, uh, described as a, a counter pressing monster. I've seen today from a, a, a jerk of some Bundesliga page on Twitter that was probably made three hours ago to get follows. Um, but yeah, it, it's fine. Look, Ericsson, three months out, we needed a midfielder and this is a guy that, you know, you look at the type of player he is, he, he probably makes a lot more sense than somebody like a Tielemans for United, like we spoke off Mike, is a guy that's going to work really hard off the ball. He's played at a higher level, high level, you know, Champions League level uh, for how many years and, and you know, it, it, it's fine. Like I say, I'm, I'm just happy that we're bringing somebody in. I think we've got very lucky that... Um, you know, we've we've needed. I'm sure United knew about his Ericsson's injury for the last few days, but I think we're very lucky that we've needed a midfielder and we've dropped on one that you know happens to be at one of the top clubs in Europe that you know is is half decent because we could have ended up with anybody. I mean, I saw us apparently we were looking at whether we should bring in Esco. So you know, worst case scenario, we brought him in. who's just ended up at Union Berlin, and I wouldn't have put it past United doing that. So the fact we've ended up with Marcel Sabitzer, who's 26, 27, something like that, is he? So he's still at a decent age. And like I say, not so long ago, he was captain of Leipzig and playing week in, week out for them under Nagelsmann. I think they got to the semi-final of the Champions League. So he's clearly a decent player, but um, I'm just hoping he can reach those Leipzig levels and not the levels he's been at for the last 18 months. I think it shows how 
well, you know, I had a run at the minute, to be fair. Um, they've signed a lot of dross, like random players that don't really make much sense, but I don't think they've landed on him. I think they would have scoured this and he would have been on the shortlist if something would happen anyway. And to get him that quickly, mm. um, with Ericsson only literally getting injured on the weekend, I think it's pretty impressive. And, you know, Stan, maybe at the end of the season, so the bits of lights up and you can find Candy Carroll for his great <laughs> performance at Old Trafford on Saturday night. I thoroughly well, enjoyed be, every tackle. Uh, yeah, to me, it, it was funny that, to be <laughs> fair. Not funny when you realise your midfielder's out for three months, but I suppose Eric, Ericsson needed a rest. I kept saying that he needs a rest. Every time you think he won't play, he plays. So he'll get a three-month one now, probably yeah. with a sore knee, but at least uh, he'll, he'll have three months off. But yeah, decent signing for United, no more than a seven out of ten. Uh, I'm just happy, like I say, we've got another body in and it's not just a random body. It's a guy that has played at the Champions League and is still in the peak, you know, the prime of his, his years. It's not a, a 31-year-old that has just gone to China that was at Watford three years ago, despite how much I love Gallo. But, you know, they're not the signings that you want United to be making if we're going to progress in the direction that we want to go. So, yeah, happy with it. Happy that it's another body and it's a, a welcome body, a, a guy that is is, you know, capable of playing at the level that we want uh, want to be at straight away. So, uh, yeah, it's fine. I'm just happy we're bringing somebody in. Right, listeners, it is unfortunately that time of the pod where we do have to love you and leave you, but it's also the time of the pod where I can tell you where to find us when we're not making podcasts. So, if you want to follow us on Twitter or Instagram, you can do so by using the handle at cookiepodcast1. That's at cookiepodcast followed by the number one. You can find us on TikTok using the handle The Cookie Podcast. That's T H E Cookie Podcast. And if you want to pass the podcast on to a friend, we really appreciate it. Obviously, you can get it on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and our home platform, Anchor FM. Please do pass it on as it does really help us at the podcast. Thank you very much for listening, and that's the way the cookie crumbles. <laughs> <laughs>